Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Talking sports, uh, it's for you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up this Monday. Man, the clock is ticking, the calendar's flipping. I smell baseball, spring, March madness. Are you ready? Are you ready? If you're ready, give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, hit us up, rayandtaytoday.com. Emails, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, iTunes, YouTube. We got a lot for you. A lot, lot for you. Today, we're going to have fun. We're bouncing all over the place before we get to the NBA and college hoops and a new segment called I Must Admit, where Ray and Tay will admit something that we've noticed and make a strong statement in the sports world. Ray, let's get it off as we bounce around real quick with the Daytona 500. Props are given and taken and edged out for our boy, Denny Hamlin, edging ever so close, Martin Truex Jr. What were your thoughts and all the crashes? There was, what, about four or five crashes in the race. So a wild day at Daytona. Yeah, it's amazing how closely these guys ride each other's tails and what's amazing not so much that the crashes but how many crashes there could be in every one of these you know nascar races in particular so the daytona 500 kicks off the season i didn't realize there were 36 races until you get to homestead on november 20th but a long drawn out season but number one is your boy denny hamlin who wins in the photoist of photo finishes. Point, Closest ever. <laughs> right. Point oh one one hundredth of a second. I mean, you can't even get closer to that. If it was a, you know, if it was an Academy Award, it would be tied. You can't have it closer, <laughs> any closer than that, right? But Martin Truex is is killing himself because he's thinking, oh man, this was my shot, but. You know what, Denny Hamlin, he he gets it, he deserves it, and what a great way to start the NASCAR season, right? The Daytona 500 is always the granddaddy, but to have a finish like this, that was just that was just awesome. I mean, good for them. Way to, way to kick it off. I think it's fun and and it's you know very exciting for NASCAR and racing, and you know we we always keep our eye on racing and some of the other sports so we'll 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 be there to talk about it now what's something to talk about besides everybody making fun of your boy Pablo Sandoval and his picture and whether what his weight is 255 the panda but it's about spring training it's here you know out here the Diamondbacks had their fan fest day and everybody's here in Arizona and in Florida the grapefruit and the cactus league and Barry Bonds is back in baseball. 
And so I threw it out there in Twitter. You know, we have Mark McGuire, the hitting coach. Well, now Bonds is with the uh, with the Marlins, right? Is their hitting coach? I didn't so, even see that. Yeah, yeah oh, Bonds. Yeah, Bonds is back in baseball. Yeah. Oh wow. He's, uh, he's the man, man. So I, I I wonder. Do you think it's time to not only let him, but him and Clemens into the Hall of Fame? I mean, are we going to just pretend like this era never happened? What, what do you think? Is it, is it time? You can, know my, we... you know my opinion on that. And and I still I go back to that whole A-Rod thing where 104 people tested positive and yet we only heard about A-Rod. So now by, by putting it in the hands of the voters, you're asking them to decide who is on steroids and who is not on steroids. And we know that 103 people just from that one test were, were doing some kind of performance-enhancing drugs. So if you take that analogy throughout the sport, I can't tell you for sure that Derek Jeter wasn't on, wasn't on any performance-enhancing drugs. I don't think so. There's no indication. But you know what? Now you're saying, well, I, I sniff it from Ortiz, and I sniff it from Bagwell, and I sniff it from other people. I just say, look, the whole era is tainted. Put them all in. If you earned it on the on the diamond, if your numbers were that good, then put them in. Because as a voter, and I'm not a Hall of Fame voter, maybe I will be someday, but as a voter, it's too much pressure. I'm playing the judge, the jury, the doctor, and the medical, you know, the lab technician, right? How am I supposed to know who used the juice and who didn't? So you know what? Make it easy on me. Either let, either don't let anybody in or let them all in. Now, you can't not let anybody in. That's ridiculous. But I, I think you let them all in. I think, And, and you, just, you just say this was an era that was tainted by performance-enhancing drugs. We don't know exactly who did it. I mean, the people who tested positive tested positive, right? But other than that, I think, I think you, you, you just forget, almost turn a blind eye. You forget... Uh, you know about the rumors, and you let him in. Is it a big deal, Pablo's weight? I mean, obviously he signed the big contract with the Red Sox last year. He did not really produce. I think it was like ten homers and two forty nine average. Are you concerned about his weight, or is it too early? I am. To I know I'm concerned about his weight. I'm definitely concerned about his weight. You know, he's a big dude, but two fifty five. I mean. Look, Miguel Cabrera is a big dude too, and he's happened to win, you know, some MVPs and some batting titles. Right, but Pablo's not as tall as him. Yeah, exactly. Pablo's not as tall, and by the way, also Pablo's playing third Third base. base. (laughs) So you know, you need some kind of flexibility. You're not playing first or DHing. You need to throw him in left field, Ray. Throw Pablo in left field. You want him running down balls in left? I mean, he basically needs to take over for David Ortiz when he retires. I don't know no, that he a needs a posi- I don't know that if there's a position on the field for him. But yeah. anyway, yes, I think it's a big deal. And I'm always worried people towards the middle or back end of their career when they show up way overweight. That's a big deal to me. So, before we get to the, some of the combine talk and the Gronk cruise, a little NFL, I got to ask you this question. It's something I just thought of it's almost like a new segment, but, you know, we already got a new segment. But if you could pick going into this baseball season one player that you would want to be, if you could be 
someone else besides Ray, what one player would you want to be going into this particular baseball season and why? Wow, that's a good question. You know, I want to be a young, up-and-coming stud. Don't take my guy. Oh, wow, I don't even know who your guy is, but hopefully I won't take him. But you know what? I want to play in a big city. I want to have the spotlight on me. I want it to happen. So you know who my guy is? I want to have good stuff, and I want to bring it. Jacob DeGrom. I'm trying to be a young, studly pitcher on a team with other studly pitchers. With other studs. (laughs) challenges me. And you know what? I'm hungry. I'm hungry because I lost the World Series. I want to get back. I'm playing in New York. I want to take over from the Yankees as as New York's top team. I have all the stuff. The Grom, not Harvey. I like that. The Grom, not Harvey. I have all the stuff. And I'm healthy and I'm ready. So Jacob DeGrom. That's a good one. Mine might surprise you a little bit, but I'm going to say for some of the exact same reasons, this team lost to the Mets in a big city, and he's young. And the the advantage that he has is that the Cubs have not won in forever. And now they are the favorites to win. The Vegas released the odds. Everybody's talking about the Cubs. So I want to be Chris Bryant. Because if I lead the Cubs to the World Series, I am the cat's meow. I am the king of the South Side. I'm the king of Chicago. Chris Bryant, to me, has got the potential to be the man and be the man for Chicago for a long time. They have a nice, young nucleus and a good roster, good manager. That's that's the guy I want to be right now. All right. Well, you know his team, 11-1. to Best odds to win the World Series. Yes, I know, I know. But listen, the National League, if you think about it, though, <clears throat> they've got a rough way to go because the Cubs, yeah, you could say great things about them, but you've got the Mets, you've got the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, maybe the Nationals get it back together. You've got the Pirates, the Giants. You always have the St. Louis Cardinals. And the St. Louis Cardinals. So to me, uh, yeah, they could be crazy favorites, but they have more competition than let's say the best team in the American League, whether you're talking the Blue Jays or whoever, you know what I mean? So no, that's true. Com- it's a lot like yeah, it's a lot like Golden State. You know, statistically, in the West, you'd, right? You'd probably put your money if you were a betting man. You put your money on Cleveland before you'd put your money on any of the top four Western Conference teams, just because they have to play each other. Yeah, so let's have some fun with this, and uh, let me just say this real quick because we don't get to talk about it since the season's over. You are now listening to the NFL Talk with Ray 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 It's sort of NFL Talk because it's the NFL player. And today I've been laughing in and out all day, doing work and laughing and hearing in the background about the Gronk ship and the Gronk cruise. And Ray. I've got to say, only this guy could get away with this. This is... On the Patriots, no less. Alcohol, women, 
sex, drugs, and it's a cruise ship that's not just his ship. There were regular people on the cruise. And I got to tell you, I, I, I don't think any brothers could get away with this. You're not seeing Richard Sherman on the, the Sherman cruise. You're not seeing Shady McCoy on his cruise. I, not even primetime Dion back in the days. I think this is only for Grunk. I, I really do. And I guess it's because he's a tight end and he's so huge that there's something kind of like accepted that he's sort of like, the you know, reminds you of the, the Jersey Shore, the Meatheads, and I guess somewhere in America, people accept and love that. But this thing is like, I mean, some of the clips of the women, I cringe and I'm like, I don't have a daughter, but for you and my friends that have daughters, it's like I cringe at hearing what these girls are saying. I'm there to hook up and to have sex with Gronk and yada, yada. I'm just like, what? This is crazy. <laughs> All right. I, I, I got to tell you. You know the what? The Patriots I, are fine with it. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're fine with it. I think they live with it because okay. they know that he's really the only true, true playmaker they have on offense. And if he were to be <laughs> – now, we say Brady's doing more with less – you know, Brady would do nothing from nothing if they don't have Gronk or somebody like that on offense. So they need him, maybe more than he needs them, frankly. So they they tolerate him, but yeah, Gronk, you're right. Yeah. Gronk is doing it's a mess. Stuff, it's man. a mess. But wait, wait now good on for a him, though. Good for him as long as it doesn't nah. affect his game. You know, He's have fun. fun. And I'll give him credit. They said that he wasn't really drinking too much. He was dancing. But he offered a couple, $10,000 to have sex on the, on the beach there. I'm like, whoa, that's crazy in front of everybody. I mean, it's, it's definitely a hot mess. Uh, maybe a little bit on the PR and, you know, little uh, chauvinistic stuff there. But, you know, I guess everybody's laughing at it, so you let it go. But before we get to the NBA, Friday starts the combine. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Monday it ends with the corners. Friday starts with, um, I think, the offensive line, special teams, and, and running back. And then quarterbacks and receivers Saturday, and then front seven on, on Sunday. So it's going to be exciting. But <clears throat> this your boy's got a beef. Everett Golson did not get invited to the combine. I, I don't know if they normally have, let's say, 15 to 20 quarterbacks. You feel kind of bad that he wasn't invited. He lost the starting spot. He does, you know, throw, turn the ball over and has got talent. But is he not good enough to be there? I mean, you've got just the top names, right? You've got the, the Paxton uh, Lynch. You've got Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Connor Cook, Cardell Jones, Cody Kessler, Kevin Hogan, uh, Christian Hackenberg. Everett Golson doesn't get no love, Ray. He can't be in the top 15 or whatever quarterbacks to, to go throw the combine. I'm not sure he is, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they should have given him love only because, look, if at the very least he's played big-time college ball for so many years and has seen it and you won know, big two, games. in two conferences. He's no Russell Wilson, but, you know, Russell played most of his career at NC State and then finished up at Wisconsin. And Golson started at Notre Dame and then ended up, um, you know, going down to uh, Florida State. But at the end of the day, I think Jordan Adams is going to be there, the transfer to Oregon. I mean, I'm surprised yeah, yeah. that you can't give Golson some love. I don't, you know. 
I don't like his game at the pros, especially if he commits to playing quarterback. I, I don't know that he's a that he's no, an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback either, so I'm not that bothered by it. But I would think that the kid could get a chance, right? Let let right. me Invite show you what combine. I do. Let me put let me put let me put a number on. Let me run a forty yeah. for you. Come on. Let me run a forty. So it should be fun. We'll, you know, all the forty times. You know, maybe we'll get Ray and Tay to do the run rich run at NFL.com. They have the donation for St. Jude's, which is for, you know, kids with cancer. It's a great uh, charity. And maybe maybe we got to figure out how we could uh, – we might have to record our 40 times and upload it. got to see where we can get oh, Tay. That pressure's on because if we can't beat Rich Eisen, then, uh, you know, we no, might we'll, have to get I out of the No, I think we'll business. beat Rich. I think we could beat Rich. <laughs> he's running – He's running. his best ever is a 5'9". He's running in sixes maybe. I, to his know. credit, though, he is running in a suit, though. I'm not suited no. up to run the 40. I'm running yeah, in I'm 40 and running short. In yeah, I, I think I might just put on some a shirt and jeans and run. You know, it's you got to run with the weather, and the weather out here is shorts and T-shirts right now, not to brag, but, you know. But um, we'll figure that out. That's something we'll let you know. If we do it, we'll definitely uh, share it with everybody on Twitter and YouTube and everything. That's something we might do. But I, either way, it's going to be fun, Ray. I'm excited for the combine. You know I love it. And, um, and we'll see. Can anybody get – Four two four and break Chris Johnson's record. You know, that's always the question at the combine each year. So that'll that'll be fun to watch. And Ray, you're looking at maybe a record of front seven guys or defensive linemen taking maybe like fifteen. This might be up there with the Von Miller, J.J. Watt draft. You know, Robert Quinn, those guys. In terms of all the talent, I mean, there are a bunch of studs from Noah Spence to Joey Bosa. To the kid at Louisville, I mean, the Alabama boys, the Ohio State linebacker. I mean, there's the studs all over. So this is going to be a rich defensive draft. It should be fun. So let's let's get to the NBA, man. And I wanted to ask you a couple couple opinions, what you think. I mean, obviously we had tremendous performances. Dame Lillard leads Portland with 51 points Friday night, right, to handle the Warriors and blow them out by, what, 35? I mean, that's crazy, you know, even though the Warriors are still one game ahead of the Bulls' pace. And then yeah, your boy Bulls only had five losses. Right, 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 49 and five. The Bulls were 48 and six through 54 games. And Anthony Davis has 59 and 20 yesterday. So I wanted to ask you two things. One, real quick, off the top of your head, we've got the Warriors, the Blazers, the Wizards and the Raptors. What's your top four or five backcourts in the NBA? Are the are those like are the Blazers? Are they four? Are they behind the Wizards and Raptors? Like, because I think they're getting really good. Because people forget he has fifty one, but in that game, McCullough dropped twenty something, and this kid is having a great season. He could be most improved as well if it wasn't for you know some other guys doing what they're doing. But McCullough, CJ McCullough, who you 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 said it going into the season that you thought him and Lillard would do big things and they are, and they're the seventh seed. So give me a real, real quick ranking of those backcourts. How, what order would you put them in? Yeah, I, I got to say that that number one has, number to, be one has to be the Warriors. They've got the, they've got probably the, going to be the two time MVP and Clay Thompson is, is not a bad Robin. And he, he plays on both sides of the court. He doesn't create his own shot as well as you'd like, but that's not, 
the worst thing to have. You know, he can shoot great, and he can defend, and so he's a two-way player. Can't beat that backcourt. The next backcourt, I really like C.J. McCollum, and I'm telling you, he's the truth. And I think in a couple years, they may be – they might have to break it up, only because he's going to be so valuable – they might have to trade him, but I think that um, they still fall a little bit short to John Wizzy and Bradley Beal when they're healthy. When they're uh, I think John, yeah, I think John Wall is so dynamic, and Bradley Beal, when he's healthy, gives you that, you know, that that finesse and bulldog at the same time. You know, he can play, he can get up and down, he can shoot, he can he can hunker down. So I think that uh, they're three. And I got to tell you, just on on performance and, and on impacting the game, I got to say that my man Kyle Lowry and Demar Derozan are number two because Beal isn't healthy and because CJ McCollum is just you know coming into his own. I think they're three and four. I think number two is Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan. These guys are great. I, I like them both. Rosen Butler, though, that's the question too. Are they just five, or are they can they move one of those teams off of? The top four. What were we saying? Who? Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Oh, Rose and Butler. See, I am down on Derrick Rose. I think that his best days are behind him, and he's on the downside of his career. So maybe you might get another half a year out of him, but I just think that every year that goes by from now on is going to be worse than the previous year. So I'm very high on Jimmy Butler. And I am equally low on on Derrick Rose. Good kid, great kid. I just think his body's falling apart. So I don't think they're in the top five. I think the Derrick Rose that you see there is a shadow of what he used to be. And he's, you know, 60, 70% of the MVP Derrick Rose. So he's not, they're not in the top five now. And with Derrick Rose going in the wrong direction, I think they'll never break the top five. Or the top four anyway. Okay, you know, I, I kind of agree with your order, and I, you know, I really like the Toronto guys, and I think they're starting to be more efficient. Lowry losing some weight, and but that, I still need to see them in the playoffs do it and defensively, because I've seen Wall and Beal handed to them. We know what the Splash Brothers have done. Um, I think Butler and Rose still might have a trick up their sleeve, and I don't know who else would even be close. You know, when you look at great point guards like Chris Paul. Uh, him and Reddick, you know, or him and Crawford, it doesn't match up. And you look at Westbrook and, you know, him and Andre Robertson or Waiters, that doesn't match up either. So, you know, just looking at some of the other top point guards, Kyrie and whoever. Which about Goran Dragic? We were hoping that in Miami that Dragic and Wade would be a decent backcourt. Well, you know, Dragic wants to go 110 miles per hour and Wade wants to go like 60. So it's kind of hard. They've got to figure out who they are right now. Um, and, you know, but perfect segue, right? Kudos to the Heat, who won back-to-back games. I think they beat the Hawks and somebody else uh, this weekend with Al Wade and Bosch and your man, Hassan Whiteside. What was his stat line? 25 and 23? points, 23 rebounds. Ray. Wow. You know, it's such a great story. We talked about it last year in our show, but this guy basically bounced around the league and then he found a perfect landing spot, and he really improved his game. And, you know, it's rare that that happens, that a player who wasn't drafted and wasn't, you know, he didn't catch on first two years, that all of a sudden 
he the light bulb turns on, he wakes up and becomes that good. It, it's a great story because that's so rare in the league. You know what I mean? I mean, you Especially can't even think big men, because people always have their eye on the big men. Now the big men now, the big may, big never, may develop never develop like we want, like them, we to, want them to, but they've but got their they've eye got... on him, and he is definitely one of those guys that for some reason, flew below the, below the radar. You know, all these GMs and assistant GMs, they're out there scouting all year round. So to have a guy in this day and age really, really surprise you is is, is amazing. It really is because most of the guys, at least at some point in their career, were projected to be NBA players, starters, and, and, and you know, especially the stars whether it be in high school, in college, whatever, this guy seemingly came out of nowhere. I mean, people had him on their list, but they gave up on him, you know, two, three years ago. Yeah, definitely. So some different news and notes. Uh, the Montaunis, Marcus Thornton deal got reversed. So those guys are going back to Houston um, with the Pistons. That deal didn't work out because it was back. Varjal got waived and he got picked up by the Warriors, which is kind of oh, yeah. Wait, stop right there. What do you think? <laughs> I, that... well, I, it's a good move for them because Festus Azili's hurt, and Bogut can only play twenty twenty five minutes a night effectively. And Varjal just to give them some fouls, you know, some defense, and he's got the experience. Look, it can't hurt them, right? And it's kind of no, some no. people. You heard the Cavs fans were saying he's a traitor because, you know, he's like LeBron's best friend. But it's like, wait a minute, you got waves. So what's he supposed to do? Go go to the Warriors. Go get you a chance for a ring. Sure. I'm not mad at him. And then, and then this is a good one. I feel happy for, even though he just got a ring, I feel happy that he's back in the, the playoffs, even though he was with the Celtics. But uh, our boy David Lee from Florida and the Knicks signed with the Mavs, who, you know, are currently what? The Mavs are like the fifth or sixth seed. Uh, six seed. So, you know, good for him. And it's so funny because I want to ask you about just history, right? Dirk, Mello, and LeBron are just climbing up the scoring charts, leaps and bounds, right? Mello just got 22,000. Dirk just moved up to, I think, what, 13th or 14th all time in scoring. And LeBron is officially now top 25 in assists and in scoring. Do you realize how impressive that is? Only they, they said only Oscar has that, which is why I told you in the rankings I had LeBron four because to me what LeBron's doing, I think he's LeBron's becoming. I think he's getting underrated because he's two and four in the finals. Yeah. Oh, by the way, your boy Dirk Nowitzki is sixth in points. He just passed Shaq. He is the sixth leading scorer wow. in NBA history. I'll just read you the names of the people ahead of. Him. Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Karl Malone, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are the only players in NBA history that have scored more points than Dirk Nowitzki. I told you. That's why he's in my top 15, in that top 25 list, and you didn't want to give him love. Yeah, you know, we need to reconsider you that. Because he's, I mean, I, look, I, it was between him and Garnett for that sort of old-school uh, player, he's got a championship. Garnett's got a championship. Oh um, no, I think it's between Havlicek and Dirk. And I, I gotta say, as much as I love Havlicek, I think Dirk's better. 
because he's more dominant in one side of the ball. Havlicek was sort of the sixth man, and he did a little bit of everything with those championships with the Celtics. But Dirk was the get on my back, I've got you. And, and think of it now. He's got Parsons and Wes Matthews, and he's still carrying the team. Dirk's having an all-star season. He, could, he should have been an all-star. Because Parsons and Matthews and, and Darren Williams aren't that great, although Darren Williams is having a bounce-back season. But Dirk is still leading that team, right? With the sixth seed, that's pretty good. That is pretty that, – that's pretty impressive. I mean, when you're the sixth leading scorer in NBA – and he rebounds. I mean, he doesn't play great D, but he rebounds enough. I mean, he contributes on the boards. So, great for Dirk. I mean, that that's, that's just a, a heck of an accomplishment for him. So – let me ask you, what did you feel about Saturday night, the Clippers roaring back in that comeback, losing by three to the Warriors? And no, it was without Blake, and Jeff Green just got there, and the Warriors, you know, kind of controlled the whole lost, game. Yeah, they lost but the night they, before. But Right, but there was some positive signs for me from the Clippers that I feel like with Blake, this team is still in the running to beat the Warriors or the Spurs. What are your thoughts on that? It comes down to Doc Rivers and his ability to get these guys to execute down the stretch when the games get tight and they might employ the hack of Jordan. Blake Griffin played an unbelievable playoffs last year. They needed every bit of it to beat San Antonio. They should have beaten Houston, they were up 3-1. So are they talented enough to win it? And now with the addition of Jeff Green, absolutely. I mean, they have everything. They they don't really have – I guess the, the only thing they don't really have is that kind of wing lockdown defender. Um, but other than that, they've got the point guard, they've got the rebounder, they've got the scorer, they've got the – you know the, the the guys off the bench that can that can put the ball in the hoop. They've got the experience with Paul Pierce. So, Paul Pierce, yeah. Yeah. So you know what? They got you a can shot, never right? count them out. You can never count them out just because of their and, roster. And, 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 and also Doc's say this: got experience too. No, no, you're totally right. But say this: Chris Paul, so quietly. <laughs> I mean, he's having I don't want to say an MVP season, but. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Paul is getting busy. I mean, he he is so amazing in how he leads. And some of it isn't always in the stats. It's little things that he does. It's the perfect pass. It's the defensive uh, deflection. It's little things, uh, player positioning. Chris Paul is a poet on the MIC at point guard. He really is, right? It's almost like he's getting disrespected, I feel, because of what Yeah, I feel like hard. because of his flash – He's not going to be as sexy and entertaining as Westbrook or Steph Curry. So because of that, it's almost like he's relegated to a second tier. But he's no, he takes no a back door, a back seat to nobody. His game is really, really pure. Point guard, traditional, gets people involved. The one knock though is playoff performance. Now again, this West is so brutal, but. If he were to be able to get to a finals and get to a you know get to a Western Conference final and get to an NBA final, I think it would do a lot to raise his profile. Which which is funny because he's a, he's an all time you know kind of 
great if, if you ask a basketball traditionalist. Maybe his numbers don't exactly bear it out yet, but this guy is like the point guard's point guard. You know what I mean? Russell Westbrook and, and Steph Curry are not the point guard's point guard. They're great players and yeah. probably go down as, as, as more explosive and maybe you know in the long run might have better, more impactful careers than Chris Paul, but he is the the you know the man's man the point guard's well, point guard and, and they're just recent in the last two to three years of their level of acceleration and dominance let's be fair chris paul's been the best point guard a solid seven eight seasons in the nba you're talking about the best point guard standalone best point guard for almost 10 years yeah That's he, fair to he's say. been doing it he's been doing yeah. it now the other question sunday ray i and maybe we can even take this into our, our, our new segment. I will say this. Sunday showed me, one, that Cleveland is no joke without Mo Williams, without Shumpert, and without Kyrie for most of the game, and a banged-up Delavadova. They went to Oklahoma City, my finals pick, Cavs and Thunder, and they spanked OKC what was it, 115 to 92? I mean, that to me was so ugly for Duran and Westbrook. And look, Westbrook 20, 11, and 9, Durant scores, but it wasn't meaningful. In the second and third quarter when Cleveland was pulling away, Durant didn't do much. And I might have to rethink, and we'll talk about it in a segment, my thoughts on my OKC team because I, I love them, but it was disappointing watching them. And I, I don't know what it is that's wrong with them. And maybe they got to still figure out Donovan rotations. You know, Deion Waiter shoots one for eight. I mean, it's just ugly. I, it's just ugly. I mean, how, how impressed were you by Cleveland or were you less impressed by OKC? What was your thoughts on that game? You know, it was both. I thought Cleveland was very impressive. The one thing that bothers me, though, is that Kyrie Irving keeps going down. And he can't stay on the court for 30, 40 minutes a game for 82 games. 30 seconds. Yeah, this guy, you know, as talented as he is, Uncle Drew, Uncle Drew needs to, to, to go into the hyperbaric chamber or something because – this guy, like, uh, who's it, who says it? Trent Dilfer on ESPN. Shout out to Trent. The best ability is availability. So if you're not available, everything else is meaningless, no matter how talented you are. And that bothers me, and, and I'm very worried for Cleveland's sake. Um, but having said that, so I was very impressed with Cleveland playing without, you know, like you said, Kyrie and, and a couple other players. Oklahoma City can't lose that game at home like that. You know, that is disappointing. It's bad enough that you got to battle the Western Conference teams, but now you have an Eastern Conference team coming in on the road. You got to beat them. And if you don't beat them, you got to be competitive. You got to work on your down the stretch execution because that's the type of team you're going to face in the playoffs. And yeah, I'm a little worried about Oklahoma City. I. We talked about this off air, and you mentioned it. It feels like Ibaka's digressed because Much if you look at their that. team, I was never a big fan of Deion Waiters. I thought that Jeremy Lamb would have been a, a player a couple of years ago. Would have at this point would have developed, but you know, obviously that they wanted to go in a different direction. But you know, Cantor, 
and Stephen Adams and Ibaka you thought would give them an advantage in the front court. Oh, you thought they'd nobody, be nasty. <laughs> yeah, but nobody in that three-man rotation. I mean, obviously Ibaka's the best and ha- had the best career so far, but nobody is giving them consistently above-average performance. I mean, Ibaka, when he's on, can be great, but how many times do you look at the box score and you see that, you know, all right, Ibaka had 11 points, 8 rebounds, and a couple of blocks, which is fine, but that's not but it's the not third guy on a team impact. that's supposed to win an NBA Finals, you know? So uh, very disappointing in that team, very disappointing in the way they lost at home. And the problem is once they're out of it, then, you know, bad Kevin and bad Russell come out and they just try to do too much and they just start flinging threes and, and, you know, it all breaks down. So I want to see Oklahoma City bounce back. They have plenty of opportunity because that West and that schedule, uh, I don't write them off, though. I don't write them off just yet. Like you said, Billy Donovan is just, you know, three-quarters away, almost three-quarters away through his first season. So there's still time. And anytime you put two of the best five players in the league on the court in a short series or in a, you know, in, in, a, in an offensive and defensive execution series, they have a shot. But disappointing nonetheless. Before we get to the segment and then finish the college basketball, the rest of this NBA season – one player, who would you be? Who would you want to be? Ooh, NBA. One in the NBA. All right. So the West Coast is so brutal, the Western Conference, that it's almost so tough to be somebody in that West. You know who I'm going to be? I'm going to be Andre Drummond. I'm going to be a guy, yeah, I'm going to be a guy that is bucking the trend. We keep saying that the center position is dead in the NBA. And I'm a guy that is bringing the center back, like bringing sexy back. I'm bringing centers back. Okay, you, so you I'm, Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing it back. And I'm going to bring playoffs back to Detroit. Detroit's been hungry for some playoffs, and, and you know, Caldwell Pope, and, and they've got Stanley Johnson. They've got some young kids on that team. They just made some moves, and I'm the leader of that team, and I'm old school. I'm, I'm a, a defender. I rebound. I score. I run. I'm a traditional big man. Not winning an NBA championship anytime soon, but I'm bringing basketball to Detroit, back to Detroit, and I'm bringing the center position back. Who you mm. got? Who are you trying to be? That, that's a good one. I, you know, I was actually going to say I'm Chris Stapps Porzingis, but if, if it's just for this season, that's not who I really want to be. I'm staying in the East, too, and honestly, I want to be the king. I want to be LeBron James because I, I want the taste of blood in my mouth when I go into the playoffs and the finals and I either battle the Spurs who beat me, the Warriors who beat me, or OKC guys who I beat, or, you know, or even the Clippers who, you know, I would look forward to beating Chris Paul, my best friend who, you know, I'm the godfather of his son. So to me, if I win in Cleveland and go three and four in the finals, all I have to do is really just win this season, win one chip, 
and I've won one for, as he said, the land, and win one for Cleveland, win one for Akron, win one for coming home, and that whole speech and the article in Sports Illustrated, all of it gets blown and recycled again, and I am the good guy again. I'm the young man who grew up in the area who came home and saved the franchise to win it all. So to me, this is LeBron's chance because guess what? Tyrone Liu, 11-3 and three now since he's been back as a head coach, or 10-3, and three, and they're playing great ball, and they're using, like I said, the whole year and a half, they're using Kevin Love properly now. They're sharing the ball. He had 29 and 11, I think, or 29 and 12 in that game. They have four guys with double doubles him, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, or three guys. JR might have had, you know, 15 off the bench. But Ray, when you can get Tristan Thompson, LeBron, and Love with double doubles, that's huge. And to me, that's, I want to be LeBron. Well, now that you're well, being you're LeBron, being let me ask you something. Talk to me about if you go to a fight and you lose your two Oof. five in NBA But if you win your three and four, you won it in two cities. If you if you win, you knock it out the park. You're back yeah. to being King James. You're back on track to being, you know, Mount Rushmore, all that good stuff. You know, that's the easy part. That that's the yeah. part where you, you won it in two cities. Three it's, and four, you you're right there. But like this, if you he can lose, only he can only lose to what would be a team that wins 72 or 73 games, a team that has a sec, back-to-back MVP and back-to-back champions. In history, people won't hate on him so much because they will say that was a dominant Warrior team. They had their run of maybe three in a row or two out of four or three out of five. You know what I mean? So to me, if you lose to this Warrior team that gets 72 or 73 wins, and another MVP and two in a row like the bad boy Pistons, history won't kill you. But then, as we were talking about rivals, then it, it kind of says Curry's LeBron's new rival. It's not Duran. It's not you know anybody else. It's it's Curry. And Curry to me, you know he he's here. He's like I'm the best player in the NBA. I'm better than Harden. I'm better than LeBron. And you know people will say heck no because he hasn't done it longevity, but if he wins back-to-back titles, back-to-back MVPs, and they get 73 wins, oh, Curry can say whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. All right? How you like them apples? Well, it looks good for Steph Curry right now. But It definitely does. So before we get to college basketball, let's, let's do this new segment. Ray and Tay came up with a new idea for a new segment. It's kind of fun, and it's you basically have to say, I must admit, and you make a strong statement about the games, whatever it is, a player, a team, but you're basically making a statement that is, you've been forced to make. And you, I must admit, you got something for me or you want me to hit it off first? Yeah, I can start. I, I have right. to say to you, I have to say to you, I must admit as much as we like them and as much as I kept saying they got a great backcourt, I disrespected Toronto. And Ooh. the Toronto Raptors are a real NBA team. And yes, the Toronto Raptors, quiet as kept, 
they can make a run at the Cleveland Cavs because the Cleveland Cavs and Kyrie Irving's health are always going to be an issue. I can't say that Kyrie Irving's going to play all games in a seven-game series in, in May and June. But these guys, you look at their roster, and you love their backcourt. Of the They're beating our Knicks right now, aren't they? And, yeah, and Kyle Lowry. Yeah, they're beating them right now at the half, big time, 57-43. So they're sticking it to us in New York. But you look at this roster, and you knew that when Damari Carroll came over that they did good. But they haven't really gotten much out of him. He only played 23 games so far, right? So this team with guys like Jonas Valanciunas, Damari Carroll eventually, Luis Scola, Terrence Ross, Corey Joseph, Patrick Patterson, Bismack, not Bismarck, <laughs> but Bismack, Biombo. They're all contributing. So they have a roster of two stars and a bunch of role players. But those role players are playing very, very well. And and the guy that we had the biggest concern about was Jonas Valanciunas. And you know what? He's only averaging 12.5 points a game, but he's giving you the rebounds. And that's what you need, the 9.5 rebounds a game. He's the one guy. And then his backup, Biombo, averaging 8. So they're getting 17, almost 18 rebounds from that center position. And, you know, we know the backcourt and Slowly and quietly, they're collecting playoff experience. And these guys, you know, if for some reason Cleveland sleeps a little bit, you know, and takes them for granted, they can give them a run for the money. I'm not predicting they go to the finals, but I'm saying they're a really, really good team. And they deserve to be in the mix as one of the better NBA teams. I mean, they're a top six or seven NBA team. So you could put them in the West, and they could run with those boys in the West. So Toronto, I must admit, I underestimated your roster. I underestimated your team and how good you guys are. And, you know, their GM up there, uh, the the guy who came from Denver, is putting together a nice squad. Oh, yeah, Yuri, Yuri Masai, yeah. Yeah. So Toronto Raptors, I must admit, you are a heck of a basketball team. Okay, I like that. Well, Reg, like I said earlier, I had the Cavs and OKC in the finals. And I must admit, I am very concerned about Oklahoma City. Now, you've got Durant at 27-7 a game, Russell at 24 a game, and then the next two guys, Serge 12, Enos 11. Dion Waiters, nine. And when Kevin Durant is leading you in rebounds of 7.9 a game, that's concerning to me. Now, Russell has got to 10 assists a game. But I must admit, watching that game against the Cavaliers the other night and then the other loss back-to-back, and you could say maybe they're having a hangover from, you know, Monty Williams and everything. So maybe I got to give them a little break because of the passing of Ingrid Williams and, you know, that's their assistant coach and just the love they have for him. So maybe they're in a funk, but losing at home to the Pacers and then losing at home 
national television, both games national television, Friday and Sunday, it's a bad look. But what's even worse is Serge Ibaka and not having a third scorer. You cannot count on Serge or Enos, and you can't count on Enos because I must admit that Kevin and Westbrook, like you said, they get down, they just start chucking, and they won't go inside to Enos Cantor anymore, which happened, you know, Super Bowl Saturday against the Warriors. And then Serge, he stopped scoring. He's not getting the boards he used to. So you're, you know, concerned about him. You're like, wait a minute, what's happened? He's averaging 6.8 rebounds a game and 11 points. So right now, I don't want to totally jump ship, ship but I got to say, I must admit that I am overly concerned and rightfully concerned that the Oklahoma City Thunder might not make it past the second round of the NBA playoffs. And to me, that would send Kevin Durant off to free agency and either to Washington, Golden State, L.A., or New York. And if that happens, you best believe it's because they, he didn't believe in Billy Donovan and the, and the help around him. And his roster, we thought, was loaded. <clears throat> it's turning out to maybe not be so loaded. So right now, I must admit that the Oklahoma City Thunder are not looking as good as Tay thought they would be looking at this point in the season. So let's go to college hoops, man. Ray, why don't you read us off the, the, the top ten we got a new top 25, and we'll start talking about these number one seeds and the upsets and all that stuff. Why don't you break it down for us? So, first of all, let me say that it's not cool being a top five team because you will get beat. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> it really is brutal. And, by the way, UVA, the number three team in the country, is losing right now to Miami, and they play North Carolina. So what a brutal week they have. So, uh. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. The new AP Top 25 released this afternoon has Villanova at number one, maintaining their number one spot. But check this out. Kansas gets 20 number one votes. They're number two. But they took 20 votes, so it's not, you know, a runaway for Villanova. So Villanova's number one. Kansas is number two. The now resurgent Virginia Cavaliers are number three. After Which having might not <laughs> Yeah, they got a tough week, Miami and Carolina. And then tied at three, Oklahoma Sooners. So they've had an up-and-down I mean, just because the brutal Big 12. And then number five, Xavier. Right behind them is Michigan State. So Michigan State is is just 20 points behind Xavier. So really, they're they're lurking. So So the top of the Big 10. Yeah, the top of the Big 10 is, is tough. And if you think about this, Villanova really came out of nowhere to be a number one seed, right? You always thought that they'd be a top 10, top 15 team. Kansas was top five all year. Virginia was top five, dropped out, was in the teens, and now is back. Oklahoma surprised a couple people at how good they were, spent a few weeks at number one. And Xavier, Xavier is the big, big, you know, surprise. 
they get but they hovered in the top five, ten all year. Everybody gave them yeah, the love. Yeah, but but to stay there in mid February, right at twenty four oh, and three, you know, good for them. But Ray, they play Villanova. This is the game of the century on uh, what is this the, on uh, on Wednesday night? Villanova Xavier. That's the game, and it's at Xavier. So we'll see if number one will go down this week. They got a chance of losing that game. Must see TV. Yes, sir. So finish out the top ten. North Carolina seven. Yeah, so you got North Carolina at seven. Iowa, who was holding Fort at four and five last couple weeks, they're at eight. Arizona's nine. Your Terps are ten. A team that a lot of people said has Final Four potential is trending in the wrong direction right now. Okay, okay, wait. Let me defend them, though, because I I threw this out there on Twitter that they should be seven or eight. My problem is Maryland's better than Iowa – and they're just as good as Michigan State. We had a rough week because we lost to Wisconsin. That was last week. But then this week with the Minnesota loss, and then we win against Michigan. But the Minnesota loss was bad because they were 0-13 in the conference, and Minnesota's just, you know, Richard Patino's rebuilding. So it's not a good team. I get that. Diamond Stone was suspended one game for the Wisconsin uh, issue and the little scuffle or whatever, so he missed the Minnesota game. And Melo Tremble's playing hurt, no excuses, but we still bounce back and beat Michigan, sweep them for the year, sort of our new Big Ten rivals, Maryland-Michigan, the M&M battle. You know, so to me, I, I think we should be ahead of Arizona. Arizona, the Pac-12 is weaker this year. Arizona's not really playing anybody. The schedule is, is, is very soft. They will get tested this week when they play at Utah, you know, this weekend. But overall, I mean, besides Arizona – in the Pac-12, they got Arizona and Oregon. It's not, you know, the Pac-12 was having kind of a, a down season. Were you surprised that Duke is 15? Do you feel bad for Louisville and their kids? Because, honestly, when they beat Duke this weekend and you saw their team and they're ranked 11, I got to say, this could be a Final Four team that Patino has. And with the transfer kids, the two fifth-year seniors, they're 21-6, and six, and they have a good team. But because of stuff that happened – I don't know how many years ago or who did what or whatever, these current kids get penalized. And again, Ray, we've talked about this for years on the show. It's ridiculous and it's unfair for these kids to have to suffer. Wouldn't you agree? I do. And at the same time, I feel like there's a dilemma. How do you punish the coach in the school? Because they can't go unscathed. Now, Jim Beheim was suspended nine games. So Syracuse lost right. their coach, Spend but I guess. Know, and take, take away some wins from his record and maybe have the school give back some money to the conference or whoever. That's how I would do it. Don't, 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 you know, punish the current kid. Yeah. The kids definitely are collateral damage in this. And then that's terrible. And you're right. The number 11 team and, and Rick Patino can work his magic. Now, Watch out for hey, Miami of Florida. You, you know you know what time it is? It's time for Ray's quick I'm sorry. The Tyler Eulis, baby, they beat Texas A&M. Oh, my it's God, Texas. he's playing great. Doing their thing. They're 21 and, seven, 20 and 7, and Kentucky has now moved up to number 16. But, Ray, Tyler Eulis is legitimate, legitimate, legitimate. But you know what really happened? He listened to the oh, show. Yeah. Shout out to the University of Kentucky, and Tyler listened to the show, and my words motivated him. That's all. 
knew he wasn't playing up to his potential. He knew he wasn't playing up to his potential, and now he stepped <laughs> up. So, you know, Rantay can provide motivation for young athletes. Why not? I like that. I like that. What did you think about that Indiana-Purdue game? We talked about on Friday which games we had to watch over the weekend. Indiana um, looks pretty, pretty good, Ray. They do, but they're the epitome of live by the three and die by the three. I mean, they're no in the second half, and they keep jacking up threes. And I'm thinking to myself, run. Purdue's a better all-around team. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and, and Purdue has that size. The two big Woo. men, I mean, they're going to be tough to deal with. But, I, you know, Indiana, again, I, I don't know what to think about Tom Crean. Look, I, I said the same thing about Krzyzewski about four or five years ago when he was, you know, he was either running deep into the tournament or getting knocked out in the first round because of those three Indiana points. could now, go Sweet 16 or they could lose the first game easily this year. Yeah, I think they'll probably, they'll probably wind up a seven seed, and they, or let's say it's six at best, and I think they could wind up losing that 6-11 game or that 7-10 game very easily or go to a Sweet 16. That's my pick right now for Indiana. I can see that happening. Yeah, I can't, I can't deny that. How about Baylor beating Texas? But Texas stays in the top 25. Good for them. Um, Look, the Big 12 is just ridiculous. At 17 and 10, they're ranked 25. It's because they've got such great wins, and Texas will make the tournament probably be in the 8-9 bracket. Um, this week they play Kansas State and Oklahoma. But, you know, That's Baylor – That's a tough eight seed right there. Oh, Ray, the Big 12 is just – I'm telling you, I really believe they're getting seven teams in. But the Big 12 is loaded. You know, Baylor at 20 and, and 7, they moved all the way up to 19 from uh, 25 last week. So good for them. But then look at this week. They play Kansas and TCU. I mean, the big <laughs> So, wait, we got to talk about Ben Simmons. What are your thoughts about, about that? I mean, because really they, he basically cut some classes. And, yes, you sus- should, you know, either suspend a player or punish a player. And, you know, he doesn't really care about classes because he's going to the NBA to be number one pick. But if you're at school, you got to go to school. But is it – I mean, he sat four minutes and 30-something seconds. Is that enough? No, and it's uh, a slap on the wrist, and and they're Mm. obviously not serious about this, and they just want (laughs) to go to the NCAA tournament and have Ben Simmons ride off with, you know, a Sweet 16 or something like that. And they had a bad loss. They're on the bubble right now. But this is the problem. This is the problem with one and done in college. The kids aren't really focused on being there. At least in football, they have to stay for three years, and so they oh, can't yeah. pull these shenanigans because they'll just get benched or they'll get in trouble, you know, with with the university. But in basketball, like you said, he's not going to be there after. He might not even be there. Like, let's say they lose in the tournament in the first round, so that's what uh, March seventeenth, eighteenth. He's not going to show up to class after that. He's going to go work on his game and work on, you know, his. He might have to go win the NIT championship, right? Remember, they lost their uh, their top uh, second leading scorer, uh, the Hornsby kid or whatever. So he might be yeah, out yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, sure. So if, but what, I guess what I'm saying is if whatever tournament he's in, probably in NIT now, and he loses, he's probably not even going back to campus. No, he's he probably going to be done and, and work on his, yeah. uh, you know, summer. Start training for the combine, the NBA combine, and then NBA draft. You're right. You're totally right. Hey, a quick note we got to mention, Ray. We talked about Duke and their top 25 string. How about the Lady Vols? They drop out of the top 25 for the first time in 
31 years. They were the number one, in that duration, they were the number one team 103 times. I mean, that to me is incredible. What a legacy. Now, they'll still make the tournament. They'll probably be anywhere from a seven seed to a nine seed. And, you know, some people still had predicted them in the final four. But you talk about a run rate, 31 years. And, of course, the legendary Hall of Fame coach, Pat Summit, was there forever. Is this the yeah, end of an era? A, it is the end of an era because I don't think Tennessee is going to reclaim the years, you know, with, with Shamika Holtzclaw and, and all of those crazy, crazy athletes that Pat Summit recruited. But mm-hmm. the torch now is on Gino and Connecticut, right? Because oh, yeah. He's at a certain He's point going to retire. Now. Yep. But now they have the streak, right? They've got uh, South Carolina's behind them. 500 and some odd weeks. So, but but really kudos. I mean, that, that's amazing. 31 years you're one of the top teams <laughs> in the country. I mean, that, you can't even, like, words. Even good, even great teams like Duke and North Carolina and UCLA and Kentucky, they have down years. They have a down, you know, class. Like, they, they, there's freshmen that come in and, and make the tournament once or twice. But these guys are are unbelievable. You know, it, it's kudos to that program and to Pat Summit. No, you, you're right, Ray. It's great. And, you know, listen, you just got to give them their big ups. And you're right. It, it is the turning of, of a new – dawning of a new day and, and definitely a new era in Tennessee. And they'll be good, but they there's no way they could be that dominant ever again. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's a new time. So, look, great games to watch. You still got to watch uh, Big Monday. But after this Miami-Virginia game, you've got um, Iowa State. Who's Iowa State? Is it Iowa State-Kansas? No, who's playing? I know there's a big game is tonight for the Big Monday. So, you got to stay tuned and, and, and watch on ESPN the, the doubleheader. I think it's Iowa State's rolling up against uh, – West Virginia, there you go. Wow, the Big 12 at West Virginia. Okay, number 17 at what? Number 13, 14. You got to love college yeah, hoops. I mean, right? every this night, is, every night. It's a fun so, yeah, season. so Miami just beat Virginia. So, Virginia was number three, and they already go down. They're gone. Right? Texas and K-State are in a battle. And then you're right, at 9 o'clock. So, right now, Iowa State and West Virginia tip off. I mean, it, it's – this season just continues to, to, to impress. The madness. And we will bring you the madness. Ray and Tay will be discussing it. Listen, join us Friday. We are going to be talking a little bit of everything because we get, get to talk some NFL because we'll get closer to the franchise tag, which is March 1st. More players signing. Malcolm Jacobs of the Eagles just got the contract. All this quarterback. Yeah, years. Yeah, quarterback carousel. What's going to happen with the Niners, the Eagles, the Rams, the Jets, all these quarterbacks, you know, Redskins, who's going to sign who, where will Kaepernick and RG3 go? And a lot of the deals get done next weekend at the Combine from Friday to Monday. And, um, you know, so we'll be talking about that, of course, NBA and college troops. So have a great sports week. And like always, thanks for listening. We're out. Peace.